production. This is the Rush Hour with AB and Elliot's podcast. Yeah, good day. Uh, great show today. We will get into that a bit later, but I have a question <laughs> for the team. I don't know if you can self-title a show great. That's well, I didn't say it was say. epic or like outrageously good. I just said it was great. I On the feel scale like great of great and outrageously good are the same. Like great is it, outrageously good, exceptionally yeah. great. I mean, there is a scale of where these words. I just don't think are. it's fair for any of us three to say it was. You can't say okay, whether it's well, a good show or not. Be the judge yourself. Exactly. Anyway, you're still listening. So obviously, we have privileged you <laughs> in the past that it are. can be okay. So you've stuck around. Right. Um, I've got a question. I went for a walk today with the dog. I had to take a different route because the one, the park that we normally go to, has been shut for cyclone damage. Right. And so we took this really nice walk along the river. Anyway, there was no one around. Not a soul. Suddenly I heard like a, a like a little bit of rustling behind me as I was walking the dog and this guy just said, sorry, coming around on the right. I thought, oh, it's maybe a bike that doesn't have a bell or whatever. Mm. That was a golf cart. <laughs> this guy had a golf cart just rolled past me and he goes, bit hot out here, isn't it? I was like, yeah, yeah, mate. Anyway, rolled on. I continued my walk and then later the guy came back on the golf cart the other direction, had a person additional on the golf cart. I want to know, yes, if you live on a golf course, I understand golf carts are like fair game and you can just ride them anywhere. Yeah. Like, you know, down on the Gold Coast Sanctuary Cove, people live golf cart life. Like, they go to restaurants in their golf carts. Same with Hamilton Island. Yeah, ditto. But can you actually just use it as a regular mode of transport on footpaths? I mean, it's no different to having a mobility scooter, is it not? Yeah, I'd probably agree So you with can't that. put it on a road, but you can have it on a path. You can put it on a road if you register it. Yeah, I reckon you would be able to put it on a road. Why me? Oh, as in just in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about I've her. I've got so much willpower that I can do it. <laughs> For God's sake. But it doesn't go fast enough, so it wouldn't be able to, like... Well, you see, I don't know what the rules are about speed. Because I don't know how fast a scooter can go. I think it's up to 60. No, scooters are legally allowed to go up to 25. 25 k's an hour. But then there's faster ones than that. No, that's not true. You can can get them to go faster, but if you get caught... Oh, well, I, like a Vespa? No, you're talking about... Yeah, like a Vespa. Yeah, I thought you meant those little e-scooters. Electrics. Oh, no, you idiot. I'm those talk- e-scooters are 25. Yes, I was like going to say, because like- I see Vespas on the Bruce Highway, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vespas, I'm pretty sure they can get up to 70 or 80. Yeah, right. Do you know what's yeah. a crazy rule in New South Wales? I just do... I cannot get my head around it. Whenever they have P-platers, their P-plates have a little 90. P-plates aren't allowed to go over 90 yeah. in New South Wales. Do you so, not reckon no, that's more only hazardous? only the red ones. The red ones can go up to 90. The green ones can go up to 100. But don't you reckon that's more hazardous? Because yeah. it's like yes. people will honk at you and whatnot. If, you're, if it's 110 and you're going 90, yes. you best believe you're going to have a hard dumb. time. Yeah. It was my biggest issue with the roads in New South Wales yes. when I lived there. I hated it. If, if you have your licence, you should be able to do the speed limit. I Correct. Agreed. That. You should be able to drive to all the conditions you? under yeah. all the conditions. How so, does it help you to drive slower and be more annoying to other people? How, uh, did, like, how do you learn from that? That is the dumbest thing they do. Yeah. The, one, the oh. smart thing they do <laughs> down there is is the, I'll give them the um, daylight savings is clever. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I love Daylight saving. But, but people will come for us. So I, w- I wonder about, that's okay, uh, I wonder about learners then down there. 
can't go faster than 80. Oh, for what God's the actual sake. hell? So how do you teach a kid how to drive on the highway? Yeah. But, and that's why New South Wales has got such a massive road toll. No, yeah, I thought you were going to say, and that is why New South Wales is a less superior state, which well, we I mean, all they agree. Are. Be careful with that. Inferior. Wait, you're Victorian. You're not even on the scale. Um, Ex- the- we do hook turns in Melbourne. They're dumb. Ex- exactly. Dumb. No, they're smart. They're they frustrating. Are not. They're hook smart turns for the con- are not smart. They're smart for the reason that they're put there. Victorians are idiots. Sorry. While we're here, sorry. We can both I'm agree. I'm fine because I'm a grade zone, so I'm just thriving let, Let's this. sit on some turf together. Let's, let's stand at the tweed, if you will. <laughs> I think Twin towns. Let's New have South a tap there. And Queenslanders can stand there and agree that... The worst of a lot of Victorians. South Australians. No, I'm talking about just three of us right now. Oh, yeah, because the others don't count, because which they get so annoyed Victorians <laughs> are just flogs. And when they get bored where they live, you know what they do? They move here to and Noosa. up our bloody rent prices and everything. Like you, Luke. In Queensland, you parents. have to indicate out of a roundabout. So you That's should. just confusing. No, no, no. That is just courtesy. No. I like that one. I like it. No, it is so confusing indicating out of a roundabout. How is it confusing? If I'm going straight, I'm just going straight. I'm not turning. Why do I have to indicate uh, Do you legally have to, to do that? No. You don't legally have to do that. I don't do think you legally do. have no, to do it. No, you don't legally yes, you have do. to do that. No, you don't. We should probably find that out. I think that's a courtesy yes, you thing. you do. I just did Life's my truck. great questions. I just did my truck license. Who the f- are you? Now you're doing your truck license. <laughs> are you Uber eating to the next level? I did level? a truck license a couple of years <laughs> he's, ago. He's and the ins- Uber and eats and bass. <laughs> and the instructor yeah. said you need to indicate out of the did roundabout. Did you legally have to or yes. you need to? but maybe it's a he truck He said legally because if he said if you don't do it, you will be failed. I reckon you're wrong. Okay, let me Look it up. Oh no, my no, no, god! Don't look it up. Let's do it. Oh my god! Let's I literally was told if I don't indicate out of the roundabout, I'm going to fail the yeah, test. Exactly. I got told that Therefore if I didn't it's legal. listen to me, I got told if I didn't li- look a certain way, I was going to fail the test. Doesn't mean it's legal. It's just what you're meant to do. You're meant to indicate off the roundabout. No, I, don't, you're not. I don't think it's the legality. <laughs> I don't care if you're frustrated. I'm standing by this. It you're says okay. I've got the roundabout rules here. Right. You don't want to do this tomorrow. Oh, we can. No, I mean, if you're already Just there. Just do it now. Okay, all you right. You got it. If it says, I'm not going to rest otherwise. If you want to drive straight ahead on the roundabout, yeah. you can approach it without signalling. Oh. But make sure that you can you signal left if it is practical to do so. Oh, so you don't have to, Luke. Wow. Must suck to be wrong. <laughs> you threw a ball in anger and everything. Yes, you're encouraged to do Maybe it. It is not a legality. Are because they're bigger. It's it a is stupid rule. <laughs> Here we go. Do you like to apologise for no, being a dick? Because it's a stupid rule. But you went at but me. It's not a stu- rule. Your person misinformed you because it says, but make sure to signal yeah. left if you as you exit if it's practical yes. to do so. So if. you just say to the police officer, yeah. wasn't practical. What's, so what's, <laughs> exactly. So what's the Why definition of practical then? Uh, wasn't practical for me to not. Yeah, that's good. Why were you speeding? I wasn't hate, practical I, to not speed. I hate being right. I just <laughs> oh, really, really. It's the worst. Yeah, tell me more of your plight. Oh, that was good. Anyway, radio show. Looks Luke. grumpy now. Oh, you get to listen to it on no. the podcast. See you later. Bye. <laughs> this is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot. To start the year, this is already one of the best stories in sport uh, because our guest this afternoon is an assistant coach at the Brisbane Broncos. He's a premiership winner. He represented Queensland at state of origin level, and, and I bet he's pinching himself today because he has been announced one of the new assistant coaches of the Queensland Maroons of 2024, Mr. Matt Ballin. <laughs> Hello, mate. Are you on cloud nine right now? 
No, hey guys, yeah, it's a pretty, um, pretty uh, surreal moment for myself and family. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome. I had the phone call from Billy yesterday, and um, just it all happened pretty quickly. But, um, geez, I couldn't be prouder to be a Queenslander and um, get an opportunity to, to help coach this, this state to a, hopefully another victory this year. I mean, Matt, you say you got a call from Billy. There was a little bit more to that story. We've since been informed. You were actually with your current head coach, Kevin Walters, at the time that the call came through. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, we got our we have our um, our app on our, our phone, and um, we're just Kevin. I was just looking at um, a session we we're going to do at some stage, and um, Billy Slater's number comes up on the thing, and I said, oh, I said to Kevin, I'll just take it later. And Kev goes, no, mate, you need to take it now. So I was thinking, oh, something's going on here. And then um, Kev, Kev walked out and then um, Billy proceeded to tell me that he um, Smithy had stepped down and um, he thought I was the next best one for the job. So it was pretty funny. So Kev had obviously spoken to Bill beforehand and they you know, agreed upon that it would be okay for the Broncos to lend me out for a bit. Uh, but, yeah, it was a surreal and really nice moment. It was good that Kev was there as well. Matt, for those that maybe didn't get the chance to, to see all of your playing career, you're an outstanding number nine in, a, in an amazing manly team. Again, you had a pretty handy bloke in front of you at state of origin level in one Cam Smith. You, you did get to that level, though. Today, uh, sorry, getting that phone call from, from Billy compared to getting the phone call to play origin back then, do you sort of reflect on that a bit? Was it, was it an emotional time or...? Yeah, well, it's pretty ironic that, you know, Smithy was the hooker at that time too and yeah. he had an elbow injury. Um, and, you know, uh, Mal Meninga was a coach and he called me up and said, look, Smithy could be out. We need you to come into the side. Um, so it was history repeating itself. You know, Bill rang me up and said, Smithy's out and you're into the side. So it was um, it was special and it was ironic. And, you know, Bill was in that team where I played. So it was it was pretty nice, you know, like it's a good, a good history and a good lesson that Queensland often reward people who work hard and people who are consistent and committed to what they want to do. So um, for me, that was the story behind it, and it was um, pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. We're famous for that. I mean, this is going to change for you around Broncos HQ, no doubt. Have you got a couple of the boys that are starting to suck up more, being like, hey, Matty, <laughs> check my head you a head or what? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think Bill's the one that makes all the decisions, so I'll be, I'll be just uh, supporting him and, and doing all those things. But the boys... Um, they often give it to me around there anyway, so it's, um, I don't think too much is going to change. Just quickly, mate, um, your beautiful partner, one of the great sports journos at Channel 7, Alyssa Smith, uh, she tells me that you don't normally wear clothes that are bigger than an extra, extra small. You like to show off your muscles. <laughs> will, will your Queensland kit be the same if you, you ask for the smallest one possible? Or? She, she stitched me up there, hadn't she? She's good, that girl. Um, well, since I've, since I've retired, I'm not, a, I'm not in as good a shape as what I was when I played, so I'll probably ask for the extra large ones now. But um, now I'll be, I'll be getting a nicely fitted fitted shirt and I'll try and stay in good shape for the, uh, for the Origin Series. <laughs> Matty, uh, a delight watching you play, mate. Love what you're doing at the Broncos and well-deserved this gig here. Congratulations. So Absolutely earned, mate, and, uh, and go well. We'll catch up with you soon. Good on you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers. Your stories today we're hoping for where were you busted in the nud, nude in public. This isn't the first time you've brought this up before. I it's know. It's a frequent occurrence for you. I don't understand because I'm a very private person, but I've been naked uh, on Coronation Drive, which is in the middle of Brisbane City. I've been naked. In a I've ho- seen you naked. Hotel in the Middle East. You've seen me naked, which is an unfortunate series of events, um, but... 
Uh, the one that happened to me over the past few weeks, I reckon, takes the cake. Now, I promise you and I promise producer Luke that this is the last time that I reference the fact that I went on holidays to America. Oh, as if. I, pro- I promise as it's the last if. time on air. Promise. But I think I've saved the worst story for last. So I was in a little town called Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is cowboy country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really cold place. Uh, it was about negative 15-ish this day. Uh, I went for a walk. I was all by myself. I went for a walk. I went for a really long walk. Uh, I walked up this big elk refuge where no one's really around. There is one big road. Cars can come and go. I saw maybe three or four for the whole day, but it was a five-hour trot. Um, on the way back, and the elements were starting to get to me at that stage. It was cold. The, the snow was smashing me in the face. It was, um, it was a little bit unpleasant towards the end. I'm in the middle of the bush, right? This is their version of the bush. And it's all new wildlife I've never seen before. And and from the inside of my thermals, so I've got thermals under my jeans, I feel the sharpest sting I think I've ever felt in my life, basically on the inside of my right thigh. Oh, my gosh. So I've, I think it's just a reaction thing. I've dropped my Dax to start, and then I've dropped, I don't know why I was about to do that for you then. I was just recreating. Um, <laughs> I, I did jeans. Didn't and need, then, a, need a visual. It's still, it's burning. It felt like, it felt like someone had cut me open. So I then had to drop my thermals to see what it was. And it says, again, I don't know the name of them. It looked like a mini hornet thing that was inside my pants. So I was going to think it was a scorpion. They have them over there, right? Well, I don't think they're out in this kind of weather. Yeah, possibly. So... I'm there with my jeans down to my ankles, my thermals down below my bum, my peck-up, which isn't big anyway, um, in the frozen <laughs> really tundra. Really feeling the uh, and I'm, impact I, of the weather. And I'm rubbing. I'm, I'm rubbing vigorously this horrible, horrible sting. As this happens, one of the three vehicles for the day, of course, decides to pass through it. This is from an out-of-town truck. A bloke in a cowboy hat, I kid you not, drives past, looks at me, emotion on his face doesn't change, tips his cap, doesn't see if I'm okay, and drives off. He's like, yeah, be there, brother. I was... I've never been more humbled. Oh, my God. And I don't know if it was a tip of the cap of, oh, Jesus, nothing there, is there? I feel sorry for you or whatever or like, it was. like, you know, like that's you where said, I do there. it. Yeah. One triple three five three. Where were you busted in the nud? Where were you nude in public? Or it could be a mate of yours. And I don't know why these things keep happening to me because yeah. it's not like I'm an exhibitionist. No, can't provide a story because it just no. simply does not occur yeah. to me. The people I just that don't get to, naked in situations where I'm potentially going to get you. You would out have there. Though. What would you have done there if you've got a, a, a mean killing hornet on the inside of your thigh eating your leg? Exactly. You would have done How the exact same. How did you even same. get in there? I have no idea. It was a horrible afternoon. One triple three five three Queensland. Over to you. Where were you busted in the, in the nut? We'll go to Cairns first. Michael, what happened? G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, we're not too bad. I'm excited to hear your harrowing tale. If it's at the same level as Elliot's. Yeah, it was, it's pretty similar, actually. We were driving uh, from Brisbane to Cairns. I was 13 years old, and uh, I needed to go to the toilet uh, at the uh, back end. And, uh, yeah, I was... <laughs> Thanks for specifying. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, uh, yeah, good. my parents were telling jokes and making me laugh and so forth, and I was trying to tell them, please stop, please stop, and no. Nah. 
all the all the business happened. Um, yeah, and so we pulled up on the side of the road trying to clean myself up and so forth. And uh, hazard lights on, obviously. A car pulled up behind us and uh, I was trying to tell Mum, no, just wave them on, wave them on. I'm not interested. Just keep them going. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing when you're 13 years old. Oh. Just to- Kept up on the side of the road there trying to clean yourself up. <laughs> it's dead set. It'd have to be worse at 13 than it would be 50, I reckon. Oh, More embarrassing. But but also, to uh, looking back on those memories, and appreciate your call, Michael, looking back at those memories and thinking, I laughed so hard that that happened to me is pretty incredible. Uh, Horrifying. Let's go to Wide Bay. Sarah, where were you busted it in the nud? in Billings, Montana. I've been cowboying over there. I've been riding for the last 12 months. Yep. Um, it's looking really good and I jumped in the shower, hopped down, slipped on a little pair of black undies and a black bra and came out to oh, surprise my husband at the time. Yep. And I got open the door. Um, his cousin walked around the corner and I went, surprise! Oh, happy birthday. Now, this guy had just gotten out of prison. He'd been locked up for a few years. And, yeah, it was his birthday that day. That day. I was so embarrassed. I ducked back in the bathroom, shut the door, and he said that was his bestest birthday present he's ever got. <laughs> he's like, geez, the world's really Sarah. changed since I've been in the slammer. Appreciate oh, it. Oh, well, that's good. All right, we'll go to Gladstone. Finally, Troy, I don't know if you could top those two, but when were you caught in the nud? Hey guys, how's it all going? Really well, Troy. Thanks for calling. No worries, mate. Yeah, hey, um, many, many, many moons ago, I was um, uh, in the army and I was having a shower and I forgot to close the door. And having a shower, being a bit fresh, so yep. And but then I re- realised, oh, the door's closed. Yep. And I grabbed the towel and all that after I finished, cover up the private beds, and this, I just turned my head and there's this lady looking at me like, nice bum. I went, oh, yeah, thank you, yeah, and 28 years later, and I'm still with her. <laughs> That's how you hooked her in. <laughs> so, so, hang, so hang on, you're in unisex toilets in the army, and the first time she ever laid eyes on you, you were completely nude. Yeah, the only part that was pro- covered up was the uh, the uh, little fella. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, she obviously liked what she saw. She didn't yep. have to give it some time. She knew straight away. So that's a compliment to you, Troy. True, true. On you, Troy. Well, Troy, we might send you along to the cinemas, yeah, to, to head along to see Force of Nature, also the nickname for your little fella. <laughs> uh, the Dry 2, the gripping follow-up to the 2021 Aussie box office hit The Dry. It stars Eric Banner, Anna Torv, and Deborah Lee Furness, all thanks to Roadshow Films. Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot. Tropical Cyclone Jasper has intensified into a Category 2 system. The Rush Hour family in far north Queensland has been doing it tough. 500 millimetres of rain within 24 hours. The Rush Hour's 42 for flood relief. Let's go take a walk. Yeah, Friday next week, 42 Ks. You and I are walking in one hit, AB, to raise money for flood relief in far north Queensland. It's going to be tough. Well, no, sorry, tough doesn't cut it. It's it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be, I reckon, the hardest thing we've ever done mentally ever. I did do Kokoda. <laughs> yeah, but you were fit back then. We're not yeah, fit Yeah, I know, now. I know. It was a different time. We're, we're washed up. And we didn't have three months to train. We've had exactly. four days. Yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> producer Luke, to his credit, even though he lumped us in this, has gone to the experts for us today. Um, this woman is a very proud Queenslander. 
She's a Queensland Olympic race walking hopeful. She's a, her PR, by the way, for the, the personal record for the 20k walk is just over an hour and a half, which is amazing. Jeez. Clara Smith. Thursday's going to fly by for us. No pressure, but can you give us some tips on how the hell we do this thing? I mean, you're definitely right. I think it's not only physical, but definitely mental. So you guys are in for a big one, but it's for a great cause. So I think you guys will do great. I mean, Clara, you're planning on going to the Olympics with this. How much training should a normal person have for a 40-kilometre walk? <laughs> I think, um, obviously, the Olympics is a four-year cycle, so they do it for a reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, usually um, I think about a year prep is pretty good for um, running a marathon. I know a few people do, like, 12 weeks. Um, preparations, usual cycles for marathons, but um, four days, can't be too shabby. Now, this is a really long walk. We're obviously not doing it competitively. When you train for these, do you listen to music? I'd love to know whether athletes need to be in their head for this kind of thing. Yeah, um, it depends. Like, if you're training with other people, um, obviously that is great because you can just, you know, have banter with each other, but um, if you're doing a solo training session, um, I'd love, yeah, I'd love to listen to music or a good old podcast or maybe even um, the rush hour. Oh, good. Oh, you plug. could do a lot better. Good, you could Clara. do a lot better. So <laughs> is what you're saying to me, if you're walking with someone that annoys the shit out of you, it's best to put noise-cancelling headphones on and drift off. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I think it is quite nice <sighs> to, like, have a bit of pump-up music or... Right get you in the group. I can okay. sing you pump-up music. I'm good. I'll I'm play very Metallica talented. in my own headphones. <laughs> Clara Smith. I remember the name. You can check out Clara on Instagram as well. Hope to see you at the Olympics. Very proud Queenslander. A graduate civil engineer too from UQ. She does it all. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for your help. I don't know if oh, it'll thanks, mean much guys. in the long term, but we'll see how we go next <laughs> week. On you, mate. You guys got it. Good luck. 42 for flood relief. We'd love to take your donations online. If you head along to triplem.com.au, you can donate as a business, as an individual. Every dollar will count. So triplem.com.au, head to the win tab and make your donation today. Decided to adapt something new in my life the last oh, three months, Elliot, mm. and it's been a total game changer and I want other Queenslanders to jump on board with this. So I scroll on TikTok, Instagram a little bit here and there and... <laughs> That's your whole life. But okay. It's content, okay? And I have to mm-hmm. find it for this show. Mm. Someone has to carry it. Mm. Uh, there is actually a tool I discovered by accident on TikTok where if you're watching a video and you touch one side of the screen, it will make that video play twice as fast as normal. Right. So if you're short attention span, you haven't got the time, you want to get through loads of content, you can speed up said video, see if it's your taste. If not, swipe on, mm-hmm. move on to the next video. And it's not just available on TikTok. This tool has been at the bottom of my little podcast app for an eternity, but I never thought to try it. So now, podcasts. I started by going times 1.5. Yep. I've, I've now moved up to two. I watch every single video on TikTok fast. I listen to every podcast times two speed to demonstrate how much quicker it is. It's not that dramatic. Here's a little bit of our podcast. Firstly, played at normal speed and then at two times speed. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elias. Producer Luke is here with us as well. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elias. Producer Luke is here with us as well. It's barely 
barely noticeable, the difference. But I get through that podcast or that TikTok in half the time, therefore giving me more time to consume other stuff. I think it's brilliant. It's a complete game changer. I don't know how far I will take this in my life, Yeah. whether it be like I read an article. Apparently, you can watch some Okay, on now you're ESPN and whatnot. To speed, chill. Slow ESPN will show some games, okay, like replays of footy games. Will you be able to watch that at two times? Right. I could watch the whole eight straight Origin series yep. in an hour. Uh, I probably got two main points against it. The first one is that it's not like you're doing this at two times and doing more with your day. You're just doing this at two times and watching more stuff on top of it. So there, it's, it's not serving its purpose. The second part is when you watch stuff or listen to stuff that is sped up, you lose punctuation, you lose pauses. Uh, uh, an example um, uh, where you lose a comma, uh, you know, are we eating out, comma, Melanie, question mark. Whereas if it's sped up, are we eating out, Melanie? Very confusing. I mean, to be honest, it makes it more exciting. <laughs> you raised the product. A valid point, my friend. I'll give it a go tonight. <laughs> Queensland Brain Trust Assemble, I would like to hear on 13353 your better names for things, whether it be your individual one, maybe something a little bit more well-known. I know every family has different words they use for things, but I heard a great one in the TV series Boy Swallows Universe the other week. Now, basically, it's set in Brisbane. The boys and their stepdad are driving through the streets of a sub- suburb they live in called Dara, and this is what happened. You know what they call this, kids? Societal breakdown. It's just chuck out day. Yeah, that too. Chuck out day. I haven't heard that before. What is in it? reference to, it's either like in reference to curbside collection day or just bin day in oh, general. Because right. basically, they're driving down the street. Everything looks a bit crap. There's a lot of rubbish on the side of the road. Yeah. Chuck out day. Bring it back. That sounds way more Australian than bin day. I am here for it a hundred percent. Have you got any words that you use that are different? Mm, I, I know Americans use um, rough air instead of turbulence. We spoke about this on. on they their changed flights, that. That was like a sensitivity thing. The one I remember from being a kid for, and <sighs> my family weird. Um, my mother for female genitals uh, would call it a Wendy woo woo. And I don't know why I remember that, but I do. I don't know what you call the bloke's bits, but a, a girl's bits was a Wendy Woo. You never gave it the real name. I mean, no. my granddad used to call legs getaway sticks, which oh, I love. Got to bring that one I like back them. for I like sure. Them. I feel like it would be a lot of grandparents that had the rippers. Yes, and yeah. we. Why are we going to let those ones mm. leave with them someday? They yep. shouldn't. They need yep. to stay forever. Let's enrich our Queensland mm-hmm. language yep. by replacing words with better ones or phrases. Another one that one of my friends recommended: finger pants for gloves. Finger pants is great. <laughs> One like triple that. three five three. Let's go to Bundy first. Sam, what's your better name for something? Right, my mother um, has a name for windscreen wipers. Mm-hmm. She calls it Winky Wipers. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah, it is cute. Yes, and uh, my husband has another name for a bra, and he calls it a boulder holders. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like that one. I, that I, one's immediately being added to the list. I, I've just remembered boulders, that. Boulder holders. My, because we said before, my mother nicknamed girls' genitals Wendy Woo Woo's. Blokes were Winkies. And Winky Wiper, I don't love. Okay, just because immediately the association. Yep. Okay, all right, that's fine. 100%. Boulder holders makes the list. Uh, Grace Mia, we are going to now. Jill, thanks for joining the Rush Hour. AB's brand new vocabulary, the, the words you like to add. What do you got? 
I've got for a snake, it could either be a danger noodle or a nope rope. <laughs> nope. Danger noodles, outstanding. I really like that. Oh, oh sensational. Got on you. Gosh, the list is coming along. Okay, mm. Clifton Beach now. Evie, what's yours? Okay, so um, we used to call a fart a trouser cough. <laughs> But I now just say I'm blowing you a little kiss. <laughs> we could do this for days and make a full dictionary, I feel. What we should just do is other words for fart because I really think we'd get some well, Have you got one off the top of your head? Not not anything that comes close to trouser cough. That's probably the best thing I've ever heard on this show. <laughs> Evie, you're a legend. Thanks for the call. That's great. Coming up next on Triple M's Rush Hour, uh, we're going to sit down with James Eddy. Now, he's the spokesperson for the lot. Uh, we're expecting over 50% of Queenslanders to buy tickets for the lottery tonight. $200 million could go off. Uh, all the tips if maybe you are going to win that thing tonight. Apparently, he's the guy that makes Awkward, the calls. it's me, actually. Not you ain't, again, and I'll say it I'll say it again. You were born into generational generational no, wealth. No, I wasn't. You don't deserve your family wasn't rich when you were born. They were okay off. And before your parents was your grandfather rich? Generational wealth. <laughs> exactly my point. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with A B and Elias. I've never ever in my entire life seen so many people come out of the woodwork and be experts in lottery. I didn't know you could predict <laughs> the numbers that were coming up, but tonight is it two hundred mil? That could potentially go off? It kept jackpotting over and over and over again. So it is huge. Everybody on earth, well, in Australia anyway, has basically Mm. said, stuff it, I'll buy a ticket. What are the odds? They're pretty bad odds. Well, we'll find out. Uh, James Eddy from The Lot, spokesperson with The Lot, joins us now. James, appreciate your time. Do you know sales-wise, would this be the most tickets that have ever been sold? Hey guys, how are you? Look, in terms of uh, tickets, we're looking at nearly half of Australian adults are going to have an entry into tonight's draw. It's it's around that mark when you get up to this $100 million offering or so. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people with their fingers crossed, rubbing their hands together when that, those balls drop and, and hoping for the best for themselves. Yeah, and that's only the adults. Imagine how many kids are getting involved. I kid, <laughs> it's illegal. It's Don't spray. buy tickets, children. Oh, okay, James, I'd, I've always wanted to know this because we buy the ticket and, you know, the, the lotto thing passes. I never watch it on the TV personally, but I always get a call from a random number right after the lotto has been revealed. How exactly does it work? When the person wins, will they be called as well? Or is it upon them to have to actually check their numbers and declare they've won? No, you're pretty close. So it really depends on uh, the player and whether or not they've done a couple of things. So if they have registered their entry to an online account or a player card, that means that we're going to get their details a little while after the draw and we're going to be able to give them a call and give them that winning news. If it's an unregistered entry, then we're just going to have to wait for them to check their ticket and come forward to claim their prize and then we get to have that amazing conversation with them. James, have you? is there anyone that's ever won big that you've managed to kind of stay in touch with are there any things that we should know from these people and you know don't tell heaps of people don't buy seven jet skis or what it's always a giveaway (laughs) (laughs) i've I've never won the lottery so i can't provide any personal Mm. advice to anyone but i have 
spoken to one of the winners of the previous record jackpot, $160 million a couple of years ago. Uh, one of those winners took home $53.3 million. And I gave him a call on the night, uh, was able to give him the amazing news. And then I gave him a call again 12 months later and said, mate, what's, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. And he said, look, uh, I retired. My kids retired. Uh, we're traveling the world. We're meeting up in certain places. They'd set themselves up beautifully. So our advice is to always, not only, as you said, play responsibly, gamble responsibly, play within your means. But if you do win Division One, mm. uh, go and speak to an advi- a financial advisor and um, get some professional advice and uh, really set yourself up. I'd love to know from your perspective, James, because you would rehearse this. What are the first words that you say? Like, how do you frame it? Do you stitch them up a little bit first? You know, p- punk them potentially before you give them the good news? <laughs> no, not at all. I'd, it'd be like, you know, Pricey, it's James from the public relations team speaking. And then there's a bit of silence sometimes while they try and figure out if I'm pulling their leg or if I'm being serious. Um, and then we go through the motions of it all. We verify a couple of things, make sure they're aware of what's going on. And then I give them the amazing news. So it'd be pretty cruel for me to call from a no number to one Elliot Lovejoy tonight. And hi, um, I'm Teresa. I'm from the lot PR. We, we all know I don't answer my phone outside Drew, of work so it wouldn't happen. It, it would be mean. That would be cruel. <laughs> well, hopefully someone incredibly deserving from this beautiful state wins big tonight. From this beautiful studio. To, yeah, <laughs> preferably none, none this side of said none of studio. Us are deserving. You live in family wealth and I'm a bad person. <laughs> James Eddy from The Lot. Appreciate your time, brother. No worries. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Obscure History with Elliot Lovejoy. I want to tell you a story today about one of the most incredible women I've ever heard of. I'll flash you back to World War II. In the 1800s, they attached bells to the coffin door and the arms of the people, so if they're still alive, they'd hear a bell on top of the grave and they'd dig them out. Saved by the bell. That was... Literally ride shotgun. So the passenger would carry a shotgun in order to scare off robbers who might want to attack them. Okay, our first history lesson of 2024. I love modern history. I think it's just a thing that happens to middle-aged men is we get boring with everything 100%, else. 100%. You start yep. getting into the war documentaries. Yes. And then you want to tour yep. all of the sites yep. where the war stuff happened. Yep. I just started watching Band of Brothers from the early 2000s. Oh, Jesus, oh, go. it's good. David Schwimmer. Mate, you'll be on Nat Geo next year. Yep. yep. Um, no doubt about it. Today's story is actually an Aussie one. We're going to go back in time to the 1800s. Um, Hamilton Hume and William Hovell. Uh, you've probably all heard of the Hume Highway down south. Uh, actually yeah. named after Hamilton Hume. Uh, William Hovell. Hovell didn't get a look in. Well, no, he had a lot of he had um, creeks named after him, some roads as well in, in oh. Victoria. They're known as the two greatest explorers of Australia. Oh. So Hume and Hovel, they were best mates, right? So I want you to think of Hume and Hovel like A, B and Elliot, except they achieved a lot more. As long as I'm Hume. There's nothing wrong with being a Hovel. It's I'll, fine, but I'll I didn't get, hovel. like, the highway. Okay. Um, well, maybe you could be the highway because people drive all over you. Um, okay. <laughs> Hamilton, Hume and William Hovel. <laughs> uh, my my favourite story about the two of them, they, they discovered all this bullshit anyway. My favourite story about them is that... One stage when they were doing their exploring, um, they were going to Western Port Bay. Where's that? Don't know. Don't care. But irrelevant. They basically had to climb up a massive mountain to get to their next point. Now, Hume wanted to climb up the mountain. Hovell said, you're an idiot. Well, let's go around it, which obviously sounds like really us. Similar yes. to us. They couldn't decide on what they wanted to do, so they decided to split up. Terrible idea when you're exploring by yourself. Yeah. So they split up all their rations. 
if the story's true, what happens next is that they come to fisticuffs over one item. It's the frying pan. They're both dead set on keeping the frying pan and didn't want to split it. So they beat the snot out of each other, and then they had a tug-of-war where Hume managed to get the handle, Hovel had the actual pan bit, and they went their separate ways. Oh. Hume died because... No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> How much should he achieve with that handle? That's just a fun tidbit. Apparently they met up on the other side. Their relationship was never the same they again. They connected but, the oh, frying pan back together. Frying pan. But these are the greatest... At that time, they were considered the greatest brains, the greatest explorers, and they had fisticuffs over a Mate, frying pan. Mate, that's men. Sorry. That's Stubborn. a fair point. Like, you compare them to us. Yep. I would I would compromise yep. against my will. You We'd share that frying pan. Well, I mean, you'd also, run away though because you'd be so sick of me. Yeah, but also the two of you aren't two of the greatest minds this country's ever seen. Hey, so. hey, hey! hey. I'm a, learning that's... every day on this show from this guy in that particular segment, but not much else. That's a fair. Point. Wow, that's a fair point. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with AB and Elliot.